Well, today is, in fact, the day of reckoning when it comes to uh, recruiting. Uh, as everybody knows, National Signing Day is today. So I want to talk about something we have coming as well as, guys, thank you. Thank you very much for basketball. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I will be your host on this ride that we do, in fact, take today. Uh, I want to thank you again for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Yes, so um, I'm back. Uh, I've had some internet issues the last few days. I got in a, a, a verbal altercation with Xfinity just to find out it had nothing to do with my bill. It was all Xfinity, but we got it squared away and got some assurances that, that we're going to hit the ground running. So today, clearly, yes, uh, we're going to do multiple shows um, because I wasn't able to do one yesterday. And, uh, you know, we've we got a lot to cover, but I wanted to jump in real quick. Obviously, we do have to talk about recruiting today being national signing day so you're going to see a lot of things kind of start to filter in uh, as far as the ones that we're sure of there always seems to be a surprise or two uh, so we'll kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what that could potentially be as well uh, but for o-state fans who got to wake up to good news we did receive another transfer i man oats and he was somebody that we were in early on because he's from neo northeastern oklahoma a&m and, you know, whenever you're looking at, at film from a JUCO, it is kind of hard to diagnose because it, it's a junior college level, right? And so you have a, a good mixture of some players who just want to continue to play. Uh, mixed in with a lot of players that have the ability to play D1, whether it was academic or physicality-wise, needed to gain weight, lose weight, whatever it may be. There's a multitude of reasons people go JUCO. So when you're diagnosing JUCO film, Again, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but what are you looking for? You're looking for almost complete domination because if somebody can completely dominate at that level, it lets you know that there's a pretty good ch chance that they're going to end up being very successful. That is different than high school. Everybody knows Aiden Kelly, right? Aiden Kelly came from a small school in Oklahoma, and if you look at his film, he annihilated people, right? He just he had no business being on that field with that class of, uh, of young men. Well, now he gets to Oklahoma State University and the strength and all that fun jazz, it's there, right? But the, but the differences are pretty astronomical. The speed of the game, uh, the, the, the complex nuances of the offense trying to get your eyes uh, and your feet in a different spot. Those things have taken Aiden Kelly some time. Well, now he's been in the system for a couple of years. Now we're coming into his redshirt sophomore year this coming season we should see a lot of uh, massive improvement, right? This is that, that time clock. Well, for Iman Oates, it's a little bit different. He is 100% absolutely dominating people. It's funny to watch because it's another scenario of this dude is just too much to handle. All of the offensive linemen in his highlight videos, they didn't stand a chance. He was easily, easily getting through double teams. Uh, if the running back tried to chip, it didn't really do much. 
Now, from a technique fundamentals side of things, is he going to take some work? Yes, he is. Because right now, he's relied on the fact that I can move people wherever I want, however I want, almost whenever I feel like I need to. So to have control of the offensive lineman while still kind of peeking and seeing where the play's at, he's able to do that very, very, very effectively. Now that's something you continue to do at the Division One level, but it gets significantly harder. The only time you saw this dude being stopped was, was pure, blatant, on-film holding. Now, if, if a good offensive lineman can position his hands just right to where the ref can't see it, that's part of the game. It is what it is. Um, and the refs obviously try to stop blatant holding, but that's what was happening for this guy. They had to blatantly hold to keep him from getting in the backfield. When he gets in the backfield, sometimes he doesn't uh, have the greatest technique as far as breaking down and making tackles, but he's very disruptive, right? If nothing other than that, you know that he's going to come in and be extremely disruptive, which is obviously massively beneficial. And then he'll learn uh, in time uh, how you have to kind of mix some of the strength and the size with a little bit more of the, the mental awareness, I guess you could you could say. But at 6'3", 305, those, that size of dudes don't just um, grow on trees. Right? Gundy said for years and years and years that Oklahoma State doesn't get a lot of 300-pound dudes, so we have to find ways to be more creative, more athletic, maybe more disciplined, maybe, more, maybe tougher. Right, if you're going back to some of the Les Miles days. And if we've, we've already discussed, that is precisely what is happening. Our recruiting philosophy. This cycle has been smash mouth, tough nose, hard as nails, just, just guys that can play the game of football at 194 miles an hour. I, I feel like it's just it's a little bit of a transitional piece. And it almost leads me to believe that we're going to simplify some things because that's traditionally what you can do when you're 10 times more aggressive than everybody else. You can go with a little bit of a simplification process because your effort and, and, and tenacity are usually going to win, i.e. a Malcolm Rodriguez. He won all the time because he did everything in 190 miles an hour. Just That's just the way he operates. He, he throws caution to the wind, and he reads and reacts instantaneously to make things happen. Now, you're not, that again, doesn't grow on trees, but Oklahoma State, over the last few years, we've really been able to bring in a decent amount of these 295, 305, 325-pound dudes. The guys that we struggled to get for 100 years are the guys that we now get on a fairly regular basis, which is, again, why the ascension of Oklahoma State that Mike Gundy's been responsible for should be something that we hold accountable. He's the reason that we get this type of dude. He's the reason, primarily, that we can get 300-pound guys and it not be a, a big deal. We, we're not having to stress over who we don't get as much anymore. And that's a testament to how far we, we've come. Now, I do not think that we are widely viewed enough. Um, but again, that's our mission. That's, what, that's our cross to bear. So that's precisely what we're doing, which is a very good segue into the next segment. But briefly, I do have to go over, you know, what we've talked about it before. In today's age of hiring. It is a crapshoot. Call it like it is. It is a crapshoot to try to find candidates that, you know, 100% want to be part of your business or at least 100% can do the job. This is why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
And then just go right now, right? You can post your job for free. Uh, and you can hit the hiring frame, use your LinkedIn profile, and spread the word about what you're hiring for. They have very simple tools like screening questions to make it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience uh, that they can quickly help you prioritize what you'd like to do in the interviewing uh, and hiring process. It is why small businesses do, in fact, rank LinkedIn solution jobs as the number one in delivering quality hires for its leading competitors. So your call to action today is go to linkedinjobs.com slash college to post your job for free. Again, that is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, as I just uh, alluded to, seamless transitions. As we're growing this channel and, and, and we have the, the help of a lot of people involved, you know, I, we just, we need to continue to get as many eyeballs on our state as possible because we just, we haven't got enough out there, right? But what, what you're looking for when you have a call to action to the fan base is response. Now, is our following where it needs to be? Now, we got miles and miles and miles to go. It's amazing that you guys have all been on this journey thus far with us. But, you know, we've got a long way to go. But clearly, some of the things that we've been kind of discussing has been Beneficial because if you look at the attendance for AM Corpus Crispy, Corpus Christi, sorry, well, they did get crispy by the score, but you look at the attendance, right? And it was better. Is it is it mind-blowing? No. Is it the setting records? No, but is it better? Yes. So the difference between whatever the conversation was, the last home game, and the conversation to this home game, it's working, ladies and gentlemen. So I need y'all's help to continue to. Let's just push the, the proper narratives. Let's not uh, fall down. And when we hear people from other schools talk about how terrible Oklahoma State recruiting is, just it's research, right? I know it's difficult uh, for some people 72 miles south of us. But nonetheless, it's not uh, it's not rocket science. I mean, you look at the basketball attendance again. I, I want to say thank you to everybody because it, it is better. It is getting better. And now we have the opportunity to show up and show out whenever we return from break and these dudes return from facing a top five KU squad in Lawrence, Kansas. So we get to go into the fog and guys. Okay. So let's think about this. I guess on face value, maybe, maybe you could say, well, Cody, this could be a runaway train of a game, right? It could be, but let's, let's take this into, into, into context. We played the number two team in America, UConn, better than most anybody else they've played thus far, right? They're just running roughshod through people. And not only did we hold them all the way to the end of the game, we made them fight for it. It was a battle that they that they had to win that we made them earn. Uh, lost by 10 in their backyard in UConn, still undefeated. Now number two in America, they just continue to cruise. And we did all this with, you ready for this? Five assists. Not only that, guess how many of our starters against UConn at UConn had assists? None. Zero. All five of our assists were off of, of players that come off the bench. So we were able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the number two team in the country without our production being anywhere near acceptable. So, you know, am I painting a picture? I guess I am to some degree, but the picture I'm painting is very transparent. We are good. We're very good. 
it's just we're 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 missing a few little things here and there. And mostly it's been offensively, right? From the defensive side of the the, the ball, we've been doing pretty good all year. No, no matter who we've played, what the situation is, for the most part, the defense has stepped up. The offense has seemed to be a little bit of the problem. Well, when you drop 81 points and you only give up 58, not only is your defense continuing to do its job, but you're hoping that you're starting to see a little bit more of the offense come together. Uh, Caleb Asbury, his team calls him C5. Uh, he's out with an illness, and I think he he will miss KU. He might not. I'm not sure. But I know he's at home right now, and uh, you know he'll, he'll be back. But the last couple games, you've seen him come on. You've seen him come on and be able to hit some threes. And then so with him being out with an illness, uh, you need consistency. Now you got Bryce Thompson uh, drops uh, a cool 13 points. And so this is a few games in a row where he's, you know, hitting 18, 16, 13, 15. He's right at that junction where I think he might be able to take off. Because let's just, let's just let the people know that Bryce Thompson is a dude that can drop 25, 35, uh, dare I say 40 points if he ever legitimately finds his field. We have a lot of offensive capabilities, right? And um, I, I think you look no further than John Michael Wright. Uh, Boynton mentioned in a game the other day um, before the, the Corpus Christi, A&M Corpus Christi game, he mentioned how you can just kind of, I don't know, you can just kind of see when you have players that are streaky as opposed to peaking. And when you have somebody like Caleb Azray that's starting to drop threes down pretty regularly, and then you want to see the consistency out of, of Bryce Thompson, and then you also want to see it out of Avery Anderson. And, and we haven't seen that yet. So it's just, am I being negative? No, I think, if anything, I'm being more positive. We have still yet to put together a full 40-minute performance. When that happens, it's going to happen. Right? The question is, how often is it going to happen? If it happens just a, a few times, then it's going to be a rough season. Are we going to knock off a few top 10 teams? Yeah, probably. Big 12 is loaded, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to give you the ability to be tournament ready. All you got to do is weather the storm and, again, continue to find a little bit more consistency. And when you have somebody come off the bench like a Chris Harris, who, who's obviously more of a role guy, right, he comes off and he jacks up six threes, and, um, yeah, he scores points. Is that something that he's asked to do all the time? Absolutely not, right? He, but – He's understanding his role. And if you listen to some of the interviews from Avery Anderson and, and Musa Cisse, and even the freshman, Keon Williams, they've had a, a gut check really since Brooklyn, right? Really since, um, you know, heading off to Mike Boynton's backyard and not really uh, showing enough production. He said, uh, Mike Boynton, in a recent interview, said practice has been different. Accountability has been different. And Musa Cisse, I think, uh, he, he gave the, the most amount of nuggets. He talked about how up until coming home from Brooklyn, uh, we had players that were shooting in, over double coverage, right? And instead of making one more pass to the open guy. And defensively, uh, Mike Boynton mentioned how Musa Cisse and Caleb Boone, if maybe not the offensive production that you were hoping to see, like when, when you say the Twin Towers, most of us, my, my age, um, uh, you think of David Thompson, 
you think of Tim Duncan, right? That, I think that's the most common reference to the Twin Towers. That's what I envisioned. I'm not going to lie to you. That's precisely what I envisioned when we started throwing this terminology around uh, a couple months ago. And it's not necessarily showing up on the offensive end so much, but the defensive end, 100%. Moose Cisse is, what, 22 games in a row, the block now, leading the Big 12, one of the tops in the country. He's improving his draft stock, but the beauty of that is he even mentioned how offensively he's starting to see things a little bit better. He's starting to be more patient. He's starting to know when he can use those moves down low um, as opposed to just getting the ball and being kind of frantic in pace trying to do something. He's just now kind of piecing that, that part of his game together. So from the offensive production, you expect it to – Expect it to get better, but he's already had what six, seven double doubles already this season. Um, it just, you know, we're 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 just holding the dam together, basically. We're not we're not letting the floodgates go, but eventually it is going to happen. And when you can hold a, an opposing team two from fifteen from three point range, you're going to have a chance, right? The capitalization by taking a big lead into halftime and then not giving it up, which has been an issue. Again, it just it feels like we're starting to see that development that you're really looking for. The development that we have lacked, you're starting to see a little bit of it. And it's, you know, not perfect timing. You'd like to have seen it a couple weeks ago. But the point of non-conference schedule in any sport at any time is to correct some errors, to see what you have, to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. Because maybe what you planned on doing the entire offseason, what you geared the focus uh, towards, it has sometimes has to ch- shift. It sometimes has to change. And instead of, like an example, instead of using the Twin Towers, Caleb Boone and Moose Cisse as the offensive focal point, I think you've seen a shift, and now they're the defensive focal point. Whenever you have a slasher driving to the the rim, you don't really need to trail and help so much. Let that dude go download to Caleb Boone and Moose Cisse. Let let him go, right? And if he gets a shot over those two and he makes it, you tip your cap and say, congrats, brother man. Now let's see if you can do that all the game. Instead of trailing to follow, to help, we're, we're starting to lay off of some of that. We're starting to allow Caleb Boone and Moose Cisse and realistically, the, the guy who's come on the most recently, Tyreek Smith, to do their work down low. Uh, another interesting thing I heard Musa Cisse say about Tyreek Smith was he's just the toughest dude in the world. And he loves going up against Tyreek Smith in practice because he knows it's going to make him more aggressive. But he also hates it because he's going to get bruised up. He's going to get bumped up. It's not going to feel good. Now, imagine that happening for somebody on the other team you got to deal with the massive head case that Musa Cisse is you have to deal with the capabilities that Caleb Boone always has and now you got to deal with this dude that is just a straight Debo down low you know that he's secretly flying elbows shoulders everything he can to get you off of your spot to get you out of his way so he can get the ball and he's doing that at practice every single day against Caleb Boone and Musa Cisse. So there's not very many people in the country that are going to be able to challenge that away, which is, I think, why you're seeing Tyreek Smith come on. I think he's having a realization that 
I'm not going to find very many guys that go up against better than the two dudes I'm seeing in practice every day. So if I can out-rebound out Cisse in practice, if I can out-rebound Caleb Boone in practice, then I dang sure should be, be, be the guy getting rebounds when I'm down low. And his offensive production is very small. He doesn't shoot a lot. But his efficiency is absolutely phenomenal. Musa Cisse mentioned that it's one of the tops in the country. I didn't look that up, but I'm going to take Musa Cisse's word for it on that one because I believe it because he doesn't shoot very often. It's, it's usually dink and dunk and layups and dunks and rebounds, putbacks, that type of thing. But it's points are points and production's production. So if you're scoring at a 90% clip, it doesn't matter if you only shoot a few times a game. It is what it is. So I, I just – I love the fact that we are starting to see a little bit of these, these these nuances of the game that we struggled with. And now we get to go to action in Lawrence, Kansas, on New Year's Eve against the number four-ranked KU Jayhawks with, with one loss. The historic Allen Fieldhouse, the fog, is – hopefully going to get a, a, a whole dose of Oklahoma State for 40 minutes. If we play 40 minutes, we have more than a shot. If we play 40 minutes straight, we should we should be in the game till the last shot, the last few seconds. So, you know, it just – it's exciting. This is an exciting time to be a Cowboys fan. And, of course, with National Signing Day, we'll have uh, another show a little bit later on going over some more of the, the potential recruits and or transfers that we have signed. But before we do that, it is very important, especially in this holiday season, that we all collectively just remember that it doesn't win to drink and drive, even if you've done it before. It doesn't matter, right? Now, if you're driving high or drunk or impaired um, under, the inf under the influence and you think you're good, well, you're probably not. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states that marijuana is, in fact, illegal. Then that definitely means that driving high should and could get you a DUI. If you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your coworkers can tell. Your friends can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. It's a, there's, there's some dead giveaways. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. Even if you think you are fine to drive when high, you're probably not, bud. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. Driving high, driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. This, this stuff is just, it should be nonsensical, right? But unfortunately, it, uh, it, it's not. So again. The NHTSA wants you all to remember that if you feel impaired, you are impaired, and you'll drive impaired, and then you're putting your eyes, your life, and other people's lives at risk, and it's just completely unnecessary. All right, so now let's take this fun little segue over onto women's basketball, because as we've heard some fans say, we want a winner. We want to show up to Galgaraba, and we want a winner. Well, you got one, and you're 10-2 Oklahoma State Cowgirls, who just played a pretty good um, Air Force team, right? The record maybe not indicate, but the, the pace of play that they use is, is fairly unique. They're full court press all day, every day. It is inevitably going to wear teams out, and it's going to equal some wins in the win column. They've got to figure it out. But nonetheless, what does it do? It gets you prepared for that level of intensity, right? That, that hardcore 
nature of a game you don't see all the time. It just it is it is a fact of of life. So when you talk about somebody like Alor Garzon, who is the sixth woman of the year thus far in definitely the Big Twelve, possibly called probably college basketball. Actually, when you got somebody coming off the bench, averaging darn near twenty points a game, that's huge. So you expect her to come off the bench and do what? Drop buckets. But then you also remember Naomi Alnada, somebody who were brought in, who who I don't know, we all pegged as being the driving force for the team. The first few games, you know, she didn't really appear a lot on the stat sheet, but here she's come this last few games. She's she's filling it up right now, and she's doing a very good job. And then having somebody like a, a fifth-year senior, right, uh, Claire Chastain, come back home to Oklahoma uh, to, to make a run at this thing. Again, these girls expect to go somewhere. These girls expect to win. They love what they're doing. They love their teammates. They love Oklahoma State, first and foremost, and, and, and they talk about it quite often. This is one of my favorite discussions when it comes to a fandom, is our women's basketball team and our women's softball team carry themselves with more swagger, more give-a-hoot, and more ability than a decent amount of our men's teams. And, you know, so it, it gives you a really, really, really good reason to get behind them. They're good, they score, they play fast, they play aggressive, they never quit, and you know their coach has their back 24-7. And you get things out of her in press conferences. Again, it's my biggest biggest press conference frustration with Gundy is, you know, he just, I don't know, he doesn't say anything. And you have the rest of the coaches on campus that have no problem, zero issue, telling you what happened in practice, what went wrong in practice, what they changed, what they fixed, what they ate, what time they went to bed, why they're doing good, why they're doing bad, what player needs to work on what. It's just, it's, it's, it's so refreshing, and it allows you as a fan to get more excited. The more your coaches are engaged, the more your players are engaged, the more you are engaged. And as we are trying to find different ways to help fill up Gallagher Arena, you, you can't you can't say that uh, J.C. Hoyt ain't doing it the right way. You can't say that J.C. Hoyt doesn't have us more excited about women's basketball than any of the Butkey years, right? And we had some good teams then. I'm not saying that you know some of the players uh, should be overlooked. Not not at all. But this level of excitement, the the bought in. We're going to do something dangerous this season mentality on a team for a team that was picked, you know, to be to be ninth place in the Big 12 and in the hundred and whatever number uh, overall. You're not seeing that. These girls expect to win. Um, you know, and you have people like uh, Taylor Collins chipping in. Everybody knows that name. Her dad. Uh, played for the Final Four squad with Randy Rutherford and, and Big Country. So, you know, she loves getting down there and, and dropping uh, dropping 12 points, getting a few rebounds, getting a few assists, uh, diving on the four for loose balls. Taryn Milton, somebody who obviously, you know, we needed to have some production out of, the, out, out of this season. Lexi Keys has a very, very good stroke from the out, outside. Uh, so if, if you think that maybe, okay, Lior Garzon's a little bit off today, that's fine. You have so many other options. And the biggest part is there's there's some depth behind it, but all of the depth is what? They're upperclassmen. All of the depth that we have for women's basketball team, their they're ladies are coming into the game and have a job, and they know what their job is, and they know how to perform their job, and they do it very well. 
it's 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 such a breath of fresh air what J.C. Hoyt is doing. And and again, I liken it to Kenny Gajewski. They're just they they're building more excitement and momentum than anybody else. Is anybody else on campus driving more just excitement, not tickets, not sales, not butts in the seats? But I'm saying excitement when you see them have interviews, when you talk to the players that are involved in the programs, you feel the excitement, you see the excitement, and it gets you excited. If we could just take JC Hoyt, can we find a way? to just put her on the football staff. I don't care what she coaches, right? She could be a, a, a backup to the backup, running backs, halfbacks, fullbacks coach. I don't care. She is infectious. And you're going to see that with the success of this team. You're going to see that with the sex of, success of her first year recruiting, right? This is going to be her first year at Oklahoma State, hit the ground running, and to recruit, recruit a lot of kids you know, her way. And it's just, it's such a good fit right now for Oklahoma State. And if we could just bottle that energy up that you're feeling from women's basketball and women's softball, and you can just inject it in the other sports, then um, as uh, I like to say, we'll be cooking in hot oil then, ladies and gentlemen. That's for daggone sure. But I think that's all we got for this one. Uh, We have more shows coming out today, so stay tuned. Until then, as always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes! Thank you for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. I will see y'all here in a few hours. All right.